the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, September the 30th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On September 30th, 1777, the Continental Congress was forced to flee in the face of advancing British forces. They moved to York, Pennsylvania. Today in 1791, Mozart's opera, The Magic Flute, it's a beautiful piece, premiered in Vienna, Austria. Today in 1938, after co-signing the Munich Agreement allowing uh, Nazi annexation of Czechoslovakia's Sudanland, British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain made his mark in history. He came back and he told the Brits, he told his country, he said, quote, I believe it is peace for our time. Everything is under control. Well, the world soon learned that things were under control in that part of the world, but not by Neville Chamberlain, by Hitler. Chamberlain became known as the guy who missed it a mile, the politician. We have some of those in our government today. Today in 1947, the World Series was broadcast on television for the first time. The New York Yankees defeated the Brooklyn Dodgers 5-3 to in Game 1. Yankees went on to win the series four games to three. Back in the day, those Brooklyn Dodgers, New York Yankee World Series, very meaningful to me as a little kid. My dad and I used to listen to on the radio and later watch those games. For some reason, I just became attached to the New York Yankees, and today, to this day, I would say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of the New York Yankees. It's amazing. Today, in 1954, the first nuclear-powered submarine, the USS Nautilus, was commissioned by the U.S. Navy. Today, in 1960, the Flintstones. Yep, Network Television's first animated primetime series. They debuted on ABC today in 1960. And today in 2001, under threat of U.S. military strikes, Afghanistan's hardline Taliban uh, rulers said explicitly for the first time publicly that Osama bin Laden was still in the country and that they knew where his hideout was. Well, we all know that some of our people knew where his hideout was as well, and they paid him a visit. I think we're all aware of that. The Biden administration yesterday, uh, we learned, has quietly made a reversal on the student loan forgiveness program. He's scaling back the eligibility way back. That's what these people do. They make these promises publicly. The, The press just runs to the nearest corner and shouts it from the rooftop and tells everybody in the country, oh, President Biden's going to forgive your student loans. Wow, isn't this great? trillions of dollars, you know, later. But then, very quietly, they begin to pull it back. And they begin to reverse parts of it, sometimes all of their promises. They rarely keep their promises. 
they make them because for the shock factor or the the good feeling factor, whatever whichever it happens to be the message. But then they don't follow through on it. I think personally they don't intend to follow through on it. The report this morning is the Biden administration quietly issued an update to its student loan forgiveness plan on Thursday afternoon, drastically scaling back eligibility on the same day that six Republican-led states filed a lawsuit against President Joe Biden claiming his student loan forgiveness plan is illegal. Now, I know if you have student loans uh, to think that the government's going to pay it off for you. I mean, that gives you an impulse of a very good feeling. Say, wow, that's great. I don't believe in this, but it's great if I'm going to get it. I mean, I understand that. So do they. And they're playing with the American people. As of Thursday, yesterday afternoon, borrowers who have federal student loans that are owned by private entities and not by the U.S. Department of Education will no longer qualify for the relief program. Personally, on this issue, and it is a big issue, it involves a lot of money and a lot of people um, in America. But I personally doubt that the President of the United States, whether it's Trump, Biden, whomever, I'm not sure they have the full authority to forgive loans, particularly at that level. I just don't think no one's ever done that before, similar But I don't think Joe Biden's going to get away with this. And I don't think he really cares from what I've observed and what he said and the way he said it. I think he just wanted to put it out there so it would be kind of a little memory on our brains that, wow, wasn't President Joe Biden, didn't he say he was forgiving all the student loans? Yeah, oh, that's great. Well, I'm going to vote for him. I think that's what's going on here. Well, I don't know, but we'll see. But I'm not sure he has the ability to do that. There's Arguments on both sides of that, by the way. I've been kind of paying attention to it, kind of following it. Interesting, for the first time since the Great Recession, many of the 400 richest Americans didn't get wealthier this year. According to the 2022 Forbes 400 came out yesterday, it includes eight billionaires from Washington State. That's not surprising with some of the things that are going on there. Jeff Bezos, he was number one for quite a long time, but it, it, in the richest guy in the world, but he's not anymore. He's number two. He's only worth now $138.2 billion. That's down from $151 billion. The last time they checked on it, they say. And uh, Bill Gates is number three. Steve Ballmer, who's a, he's a former CEO. He was a friend of, of Gates and, and Allen. And uh, he now owns the Los Angeles Clippers. He's worth $83 billion. There were some other guys on the list that are billionaires on the top 400 from Washington State. It was Mackenzie Scott. He's worth $37 billion. Melinda French Gates is worth $6.4 billion. That's, of course, Bill's ex-wife. Uh, Charles Simonia, he's worth $5.3 billion. Gabe Newell, I think Gabe Newell, isn't, he's that guy that owns the the uh, Valve, I think it's called, that company that makes all those video games, and and he's got that other company he owns part of, Steam. I think it is. He, he's made his money in um, in video games and in that whole industry. Then Howard Schultz, um, Starbucks guy, he's three point three billion. 
What they were saying, the article uh, was uh, Forbes, and then Chase wrote an article on it as well. What they're saying is the rich don't always get richer. What I would say, and nobody's asking me, but if I if, if they did ask, my question would be, why are those guys that have made so much out of the out of the economy of this country, why are they so leftist in their views? Because the leftists are constantly working, as our current administration, to undermine capitalism and free market and all of these kinds of things. Why are these guys that have made so much off this nation, the way it was founded and set up, why do they always become leftists? And man, they are. I don't know about Elon Musk. I don't know if anybody knows for sure where he's coming from. But Gates and, and Bomber and Schultz and these guys. I mean, it's probably true with the other billionaires around the country, but we watch these guys pretty uh, pretty much up close, and they're, man, they're way far left. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a simple answer, and I just don't, I can't find it, but I can't for the life of me figure out why they are so committed to leftist politicians and leftist values when they've benefited so much from what America is all about and what it is. In fact, when Italy elected Georgia Maloney, I was talking about it a couple of days ago on this radio program. I was suggesting it was refreshing that Italy had elected someone who had campaigned on God, pride in country, and defense of traditional family values and the family itself. There's a mom who's a woman and a dad who's a man, and they have children. And the children grow up to not be confused about whether they're a man or a woman. That's the goal. That's what this country was built on, these kinds of traditional values. I talked about that at length. I want to talk a little bit more about it today because this, and I'm not surprised, has become not a conversation that you and I are having on this radio program, but it's become a conversation the world is having today. I also noted that our own president, who has recently committed himself to saving democracy, put that in the front of your mind. And when you hear him or see him on television, President Biden, count the times that he talks about saving democracy. That's become almost a mantra. I think they just told him to say it a lot. So he's going around saying, I'm saving democracy. I'm saving democracy. It would probably not be he wouldn't. I said on the program he would probably not be all that supportive of her because she doesn't embrace the right kind of democracy. you got to have the right kind of democracy. You can't just be inclusive. You have to be the right kind of inclusive. That's where we are today. Well, when I said that he might not, our president might not, you know, take a liking to this new elect, newly elected prime minister in Italy, boy, that was an understatement. In a speech to the Democrat Governors Association this week, President Biden compared Maloney, or Maloney, uh, the the Italian soon to be Prime Minister, to Chinese dictator Xi Jinping. But I thought he was trying to save democracy. No, it's got to be the right kind of democracy, his kind of democracy. He was speaking to this Democrat Governors Association reception and fundraiser in Washington D.C. Uh, Wednesday night, night before last. And um, the president said, Joe Biden, he compared Italy's new and conservative prime minister, Giorgio Maloney, to Chinese dictator. 
Here's what he said, and I'm going to quote him, and I'm quoting him exactly. So the pauses and the repetitions and so on are his, not mine. He said this, quote, Well, folks, you know, pause, and I mean this sincerely. You're going to think this is a little out of whack what I'm going to talk about, but, you know, democracy is at stake. Literally, there's a, there's a case being made around the world, not just here, because of democracy and autocracy. And there's an awful lot of folks who believe that democracies can't be sustained in the 21st century because there's problems. Are so, so much is changing in science and technology, the environment, a whole range of things, that it's awful hard to reach a consensus in the short amount of time you have to reach. He continues, quote, And so that's why I have these constant arguments. So I've had, I've met with Xi Jinping over, for over 78 hours, 68 of them are in person over the last 10 years. And he makes the case straight up that democracies can't be sustained in the 21st century. And then he said this, You just saw what's happened in Italy in that election. You're seeing what's happening around the world. And the reason I bother to say that is we can't be sanguine about what's happening here either. Well, is he predicting that if he and the left are not careful, America could possibly do what Italy did and elect someone who campaigns on God and patriotism and traditional family values? I think he's worried about it. Our president still seems to be in search of a winning slogan. There is no plan coming out of the Democrats except spending trillions of dollars. I'm not making a political speech. I'm coming from a biblical perspective, as we always do. But he's looking for a slogan. While his approval rating continues to fall, it fell five points this week. Five points on top of all of the other decline. Clearly, he's in search of a cause rather than having a vision for America. It is written in the Word of God. Without a vision, people perish. No one is buying what President Biden is saying. This woman was elected by the people. Isn't that how democracy works? I thought it was, sort of. Matteo Renzi, a former Italian prime minister, I mentioned this yesterday, who holds very different political views than Maloney, says these statements are way overblown. She's not a threat to democracy. He doesn't even agree with her politically. He says, what are these people talking about? He says, personally, I was against Georgia Maloney. I'm not her best friend. We are rivals, but she is not a danger to democracy. The idea there is a, is a risk of fascism in Italy is absolutely fake news. Ben Shapiro, he's watching all of this very closely. Ben Shapiro is a practicing Jew. He isn't a Christian, but he's very conservative, and he's brilliant. He said this week Italy prepared, he said this yesterday, he said this week Italy prepared to welcome a new prime minister, 45-year-old Giorgia Maloney, um, leader of the right-wing Brothers of Italy party since 2014. Maloney is a populist conservative on issues ranging from marriage to immigration. This is Ben Shapiro. She is a nationalist by philosophy and combatively passionate by temperament. He said... A clip of a speech she gave at a World Congress of Families in 2019 has now gone viral with American conservatives. 
it has gone beyond that as well, I might add. But here's the clip that he's talking about, and everybody is talking about this right now, but they're they're looking at it from different points of view. There is a group of Americans, our president would be one, his administration, that are pointing out saying, see, we have another Mussolini in the making. We have another Hitler in the making. We have another Xi Jinping in the making. It's the same thing they said about Donald Trump. And they're still saying, and they're still trying to destroy him. I mean, whether you like Trump, whether you voted for him, whether his personality is abrasive, I mean, whatever. But Trump was doing the right thing. Our economy was roaring. He was standing up for the very founding principles, whatever his life may be. He was standing up as president for the principles upon which this nation was founded, the principles upon which God says the human race should proceed. Like marriage is between a man and a woman. A man and a woman is really a man and a woman. God created male and female. Those kinds of policies are fundamental to human existence. And Trump stood up for those, and people hate him. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. Probably he is abrasive and all, whatever. But man, I mean, look where we are now. So anyway, Ben Shapiro, he quotes from this 2019 clip, this video clip that went viral. Here's what she was saying then, speaking to the World Congress of Families, this Maloney. She said, why is the family an enemy? Why is the family so frightening? There is a single answer to all these questions, because it defines us, because it is our identity, because everything that defines us is now an enemy for those who would like us to no longer have an identity and to simply be perfect consumer slaves. And so they attack national identity, they attack religious identity, they attack gender identity, they attack family identity. We will defend God, country, and family. That is that is perilous to the left. They want to talk about that. They want to talk about inclusion and all of this, but they are unwilling to accept the fact that Christianity is the most inclusive experience that anyone can have. It's at the foot of the cross where we are all equal. We have all equally sinned and come short of the glory of God. We are told by God himself through his word that we are sinners, and we know in our heart we are. We are broken. Sin entered the human race through one man, through Adam. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we live with that sin and that guilt, and we do whatever we find to do to try to rid ourselves of the guilt and so on. And sometimes our conscience becomes so seared that we can no longer see the truth. We can no longer even sense the presence of God's love. But for the most of us, God calls us to come to the cross where his son, Jesus Christ, died for our sins. And I want to tell you something. It's at that point where we are equal. That is equality. This other stuff is nonsense. Equity and equality and we got to save democracy. I don't want to sound cynical. I'm not cynical. My heart breaks for our country. And I see this stuff and I, I think, forgive us, God, for what we, we don't know what we're doing. We have lost our way. 
That's what's going on here. And now this woman pops up. I, I mean, I don't know her, obviously, but I, I've been following what she says. And when they started saying she was going to be another Benito Mussolini, I thought, boy, she must be on the right track here because that's what they say about everybody who holds conservative values or Hitler or Xi Jinping or whomever. So that's what's going on in our world. Even the people in Italy who disagree with her say she's not a fascist. She's just very conservative. It's interesting how, as we read the Bible and as we look at the at history through the biblical text, we see so many times when the truth is misrepresented. People who claim to be standing for truth often are not, not at all. Or their understanding of truth is so perverted they don't know up from down. That's the world we live in. President Biden is crisscrossing a little bit, the nation. Everywhere he goes, he said, we're saving democracy. That is his new mantra. Senator Patty Murray, yes, that's Patty Murray, the lady, the mother who said she was going to run for office. She was a mom in tennis shoes or something to that effect a long time ago. Some of you remember that. Well, <laughs> she is coming to the rescue. She's going to save the day for President Biden. You'll recall back on September 1st, President Biden gave his primetime speech almost a month ago now, standing in front of Independence Hall in Philadelphia. Remember that? We talked about it on this program. He was reminding us that, quote, there, this is where America made its Declaration of Independence, where the Constitution was written and debated, and where we set in motion our government with these simple words, we the people, we the people. Yeah, that's what he said. He had red lights shining on the Independence Hall, and he had armed guard standing behind him. I don't know what all that was supposed to mean. It was ominous, to say the least. But you probably remember that. Got everybody's attention. Maybe that was the motive. I don't know. But it was not a sight that Americans were used to seeing in a presidential speech. It was ominous. After meeting the success, talking about the success of our country, he said, but as I stand here tonight, equality and democracy are under assault. We do ourselves no favor to think otherwise. Well, there was a great pushback to that speech regarding the visual, the content of his speech. That's not what America needs to hear from their president is like, you guys are undermining, the. if you don't agree with me, you're undermining the nation. Well, Washington State's own Democratic far-left voice, Senator Patty Murray, has come to the rescue. She told The Hill just a couple of days ago, she said, I believe that our democracy is at risk today. Do you see a theme here? I was in the nation's capital on January 6th. I wasn't able to escape. I was barricaded in an office, and I heard the pounding at the door, and I heard those who were outside of it willing to use brute force, incited by President Trump, to take over the country, to take over our democracy, to stop the transaction to a new presidency in a peaceful way, which is what a democracy is, Murray said. He said, she said, we have to go back to a point where we all say that brute force and incitement of that brute force and the questions that the president and his followers continue to put out there about whether or not that election was legitimate incites that. 
And we still have people today, she says, saying that there will be violence on the streets. She's quoting Newt Gingrich there, I mean, without mentioning him. He said, he told the news media, it's been about a month ago now, but I, I saw the clip. He said, if, if this continues and the Biden administration continues to do what they're doing in dismantling this country, and he's reelected, there will be riots in the street. And there probably will, because people are getting fed up with it. He wasn't suggesting it. He was simply predicting it. But they have taken Newt out of context, and not only Patty Murray, but others have been quoting him as though he was kind of giving a command, kind of a heads up, guys, get ready to go kind of a thing. That wasn't at all. That wasn't even the context in which he was speaking. And I'm not defending Newt Gingrich, but I'm just saying that is very, very misleading. But they keep talking about it. She said, and we will have to point, point that out. That's not how a democracy works. And we're going to have to work to make sure we move towards a democracy and keep that democracy. Well, actually, we're a republic. We're not a democracy. But we know what she means, I think, kind of, don't we? But let's talk about violence on the streets for a moment. For nearly two years, hundreds, probably thousands of Antifa and Antifa-inspired people ran the streets of our cities, burning and looting and defacing and breaking, spraying, painting buildings and cars that were the personal property of other people. Is that what democracy looks like to her? During President Trump's inauguration ceremony, violent vandals ran the streets of Washington, D.C., just blocks from where he was being inaugurated as the new president of the United States. They were burning and breaking cars. They blew up some limousine. I remember the pictures, the videos. These were buildings just blocks from where his swearing-in was taking place. And the violence happened all across the nation. It was inspired by those who didn't like him. They preferred Hillary. What are they talking about? we got to stop the brute. Nobody raised their finger to stop this. Memo to Patty, please lecture Lecture us, please don't lecture us about violence in the streets after all this in Capitol Hill's Chop Chaz episode that her friend, Democrat Mayor then Jenny Durkin, called a summer of love, even though people were shot and killed in that zone on Capitol Hill. What's she talking about? we got to stop brute force. Why don't they stand up to people that are killing other people in this expression of love, as Jenny Durkin called it, Well, I'll tell you, the violence is in the streets. The brute force, the left announces brute force. Many ordinary citizens are asking why the Biden administration needed to send dozens of armed police SWAT team members to Trump's house recently to get up to pick up papers that his people were in the process of returning to Washington, D.C., to the library there. Why was Mark Houck, I just talked about him a couple of days ago, why was he and his wife and his seven children awakened recently by 10 to 15 officers who stormed their home announcing they were arresting with machine guns pointed at him, arresting the pro-life father for pushing a man in front of a Philadelphia abortion clinic a year ago? He pushed the guy because he was incessantly in his 12-year-old son's face, this father, calling his father a fag and things that I won't even repeat on the radio. Boy, I'll tell you, why is this country so important to the left that Biden administration, they're also intent on maintaining open borders? They know everybody knows without borders, the country doesn't even exist. 
Why are they trying to save democracy while they are destroying the freedoms that we have with open borders? Well, I'll tell you, that's a very, very hard question for them to answer. Well, we're out of time, but thank you so much for being with me. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.